Hey guys, welcome to Free Life Chapel. I'm Alicia, and we are so excited that you have decided to tune in with us today. Let's connect. Drop a comment below or visit us online at our website at freelifechapel.org. But for now, I am so excited. Are you excited? We have an amazing message in store for you today. Let's check it out. Well, hey, I'm going to jump right into this uh, message today, uh, calling it Just Do It. Everybody say, Just Do It. Stri uh, checks over stripes, you feel me? Just do it, just do it, just do it. Um, how many of you like to read? Like to read, you like to read, okay. How many of you are struggling readers? That, my hand is up with the struggling readers. My hand, it, me, me, meaning this, meaning this, meaning this. I can read, don't get it twisted. Polk County Education is fantastic. I can read, I can read, um, but to sit down and not do nothing else and read, More than 160 characters? <laughs> that, like, that, 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 that's tough. That's tough. So I, I've recently, actually since doing Activate here at the church in our inaugural year, uh, I've really picked up this habit and this passion to read. And, and I'm so glad my dad says that I'm now growing up. And so um, it, it, it's going great. But I'm enjoying this reading, but in one of the style of books that I love to read are books on leadership. How can I grow? How can I help move uh, whatever avenue I'm in? How can I help it grow and move into a, another level? And um, so I was, reading a, I was reading a book one time, and I was talking to some of my boys about it. And um, in my ignorance... I was telling them how many pages I read a day or how long I'm reading a day because I thought that that's what it meant to be a reader and to be someone who you just got to read a lot every day. And somebody challenged me with this question, and they don't read, which made me extra mad because it was true. They said, Caleb, what good is it for you to be reading all these chapters in all these minutes in the day if you haven't even learned how to apply one chapter? I wanted to smack them. I didn't. I don't want to go to Polk CI. I love you. I'm going to visit you soon. I just don't want to do that. You know, like, not, not that way. Not that way. Like, let, let's go hang out together. But so, so, so I'm, in, I'm in this predicament of my boy. He, he told me, man, you're not even applying anything that you read. So, so what good is all the reading that you're doing? There's something to be said about I might not read everything. But whatever I have read, I am able to actually apply. There's a, when I was going through school, they said uh, uh, information without application is ignorant. That's, that's, that's what, how it was told to me. So there's this thing that you and I need to start applying in our life. Because you and I, we feel accomplished. We feel good. We feel strong. We've never stood taller, even if you're short like me. We've never stood taller. Before, until we've accomplished something. There's something with accomplishment. How many of you like accomplishing things? Accomplishing things. Okay, have, have you ever said, I'm going to do this? And then you did it? What was that feeling like? You felt like you was the king or queen of the world, right? Okay, so, 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 so maybe, maybe, maybe you need some examples. Maybe, maybe you said, all right, um, I'm going to ask her out. And you did, and now y'all touching elbows in church. Watch out. Go ahead with you. Well, I see, I see. All right, maybe it was, I'm going to buy that car. 
And maybe I'm not able to do it right now, but I'm going to start making some life decisions now based off of where I want to be, not based off of where I am. Maybe you said, I want to buy that house or apply for that job or start that business or change the trajectory of my family where my family has done this. I'm saying, no, I'm just going to do something else. We all feel this sense of accomplishment when we say we're going to do something and then we actually do what we said we would do. I'm able to then believe in myself. One of the things that I have had to overcome, maybe you're in the same boat, maybe this is you as well, where I'm willing to do something, I'm willing to put forth some action, but I'm still scared of what it is that I'm about to have to do. Like, I, I have these really, really big dreams, and I have these really, really big goals that if I told you what they were, you might think I'm crazy. And I am. It's okay. Uh, but, but, but I have these things that are inside my head, and so do you. You have some things that are on the inside of you that you think makes you different. No, that makes you like God. God is always progressing. God is always wanting more. God is always wanting something bigger. So we have these things in us, but I have this fear. And I have sometimes thought, if I am scared of it, then I just won't do it. When the reality is overcoming our fear adds to our celebration of accomplishment. I remember playing rugby in, at university, my very first rugby practice. It was so much fun, but I weighed 165 pounds. I was one of the smallest guys on the team, and I was scared because of where they were putting me, the, the position they were putting me. I was in with all the big boys. Now, I was not tall nor big. I was short and small, and they, and they put me in, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. I don't know what's going to happen. At the end of the practice, I felt so accomplished, and I felt so good. I got ran over a lot, but I felt good because I, I did the job. I did what I said I was going to do, even though I was scared, even though I was nervous, even though I had this thing on the inside of me that was saying, hey, you know you could do this, but I don't need to show everybody else. Anybody else say that when you get scared sometimes? Like, listen, I, I know I could dunk right now. I just don't want y'all, I just don't want to make anybody feel bad. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I ain't going to do that to nobody. Daniel, I got you. I, I'm not going to do that. You see, when we just do it, when we just start putting forth effort, when we just start putting in action, we are actually acting out a biblical principle. See, the, this idea of moving, this idea of action is all throughout the Bible. You see, I call myself a Christian, which is not a noun. It's an action verb. I call myself a Christian, which means that I'm supposed to be living like Christ. Now, I'm not going to meet up to it 100%. I'm going to have my faults, but that doesn't mean that I stop trying. I, I never lose my try. I, I'm still going and I'm still putting forth some effort just trying to do it. Everybody say, just do it. 23rd Psalm talks, although I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It doesn't say, although I sit. It doesn't say, although I'm submersed, and although I walk, which means I'm moving. Talking with Pastor Scott the other day, I uh, heard somebody say, man, I'm walking through hell right now, Pastor. Pastor Scott said, yeah, well, just keep walking. At least you're not sitting in hell, sleeping in hell, laying in hell. We're walking, which means that we are progressing our way through life. John chapter 5, verse 8, Jesus tells a paralytic man that he heals, get up. 
pick up your mat and walk. Jesus had already healed him, but until he got up and he put forth some action, it never actually hit his life. He didn't realize it. James 2 verse 17 says, faith without works is dead. I can have all this faith in Jesus, but unless I'm putting some action behind my words, it's pointless. And John 8, 12 says this, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, which means I will be in darkness if I am not following. Following requires movement. You and I, we get, we got to move in life. There, there's some things that we need to start doing. Maybe some things we need to continue doing in order to get to the next level where God has us because God is not a stagnant God. At no point in time does God believe in neutral. See, I, we, I get the chance to talk with, with students all the time um, and, and we talk a lot about dating relationships, dating relationships. And I don't believe that there's ever such thing as a neutral button in life, in dating, at work, in my personal life. I don't believe there's such thing as neutral. I'm either progressing in life or I am regressing in life. It is one or the other. So you and I, we're going to be in movement no matter what. What we have to decide is what direction are we moving in? The direction that we choose to move in is either going to increase my life. It's either going to change my family's trajectory. It's either going to help all those that are around me. It's either going to put me to a place where I've always wanted to be, but didn't know that I could achieve, or it's going to keep me back in this same cycle that I've been in for five, seven, 10, 20 years, wondering why am I in this same cycle, but I haven't changed anything that I've done. That's called insanity, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. There's some action that you and I need to have. And to live the life that Jesus died for us to live, you watching online, this is for you as well, to live the life that Jesus actually died for you to live, it's going to take us putting in some action. Everybody say action. So how can we just do it? How do we do this thing? We step towards Jesus. I love the verse that says, God, your, your word is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path where it doesn't say that he's showing me the whole entire road. God is just worried about your next step, my next step. I don't need to think 10 and 20 decisions down the road. My biggest problem is my next decision, not my 10th one. My biggest problem is the next one. Am I going to do what God said to do, yes or no? I do that one, and then he lights up the next one. Then I take that, I come to church on a Sunday morning and then I know the next step that's for my life. I start joining a life group. I get some people around my life. There's steps that we take in life. Do not undermine a step. Do not undermine a step. If you're, if you're trying to lose weight, don't on day one expect to lose 50 pounds. Just take the first step in that direction. How can I change the way I'm eating? How can I change what I'm putting inside me? How can I change when I'm going to the gym? Do I actually start going to the gym? What's my intentionality when I'm there? We need to put forth some action and take some steps towards Jesus. Deuteronomy 31.6 says this, be strong and courageous. I'm going to do that again. Y'all know it. If it's in yellow, I need to hear you. One, two, three, be strong and courageous. Don't tremble, don't be afraid of them for the Lord your God is the one who is going with you. He won't leave you or leave you. I told you I was struggling reading. He won't abandon you or leave you. See, 
I love this verse because even though it says be strong and courageous, I'm scared and afraid. I'm scared of the unknown. I might have a thrill of it for a second and I might have an adrenaline rush for a second, but then there's this whole other aspect of I really only have one life and I've already screwed up my life enough to where I can't afford another detour or another delay. So how am I going to do this thing? Be strong and courageous, understanding that God won't leave you and he won't abandon you. So when I take a step towards Jesus, I can do so being strong and being courageous, not on my ability, but on that I'm stepping where I'm supposed to be. I'm stepping towards something that can hold my life. I'm stepping towards something that can be my provider, that gyra that we just got done singing of. God can handle you. But we have to step. The Bible says that he's a gentleman. He's not going to just snatch us up and just take off running. He's going to let us take a step and then take a step. It kind of reminds me of my son. He, he's getting this crawling thing down right now. Not really. He's army crawling. He's turning, on, turning in circles on his belly. But, but while, while he's on the ground and we're doing tummy time, and while, while we're doing tummy time, my wife and I, we'll look at him and we're like, come on, Malachi. Come on, buddy. Come, come over here. Grab, grab my hand. Grab my hand. He touches my hand. We celebrate the mess out of him. And then I move my hand back a little bit. It doesn't mean that he didn't reach the destination. The destination is just always growing because there's always more that you and I can do in life. There's some steps that we need to take. Everybody say, just do it. Every little step I take, hey, you will. Three steps I want to talk to you about real quick. Step one is this. The step of grace. You and I need to embrace the grace. We need to embrace the grace. Anybody else your own worst critic? I, I feel you. I, I'm, I'm in that same boat. And it can be hard when I know what I've done and I start negating my ability to accept God's grace. Like God's grace can't handle me. In John chapter 8, there's a story of this woman who was caught in adultery. Uh, so basically, she was caught sleeping around, and these religious elite cats, they was like, ooh, bet, let's get Jesus on this one. They were trying to trick Jesus, trump Jesus, because Jesus kept trumping them. And uh, while, the, while they were in this whole thing, um, they said, Jesus, she, she did this, and she did this, and she's been with him, she's been with him, and uh, what should we do? The, the, our law says that we can stone her. I ain't talking about no cush. Like, it's saying like we, we could throw some rocks. We could do something. And, and Jesus said, let he, anybody who hasn't sinned before, go ahead and throw it. Knowing that Ernel, one of them has sinned. You and me, we wouldn't have been able to throw no stones. I'd have been sitting back like, hey, this is you, this is you. Because it wasn't me. Pokes you out, maybe you. It, it, it wouldn't have been me. And all throughout the wild, this, this girl, the, the Bible says that people started leaving. So I just imagine this girl, she's hunched over, embarrassed, trying to figure out. She got put on blast in front of everybody. And Jesus is there protecting her. If you haven't, th if you haven't sinned before, then go ahead. Y'all could come in and attack her. She sees all these people leaving, seeing all these people leaving. John chapter 8, verses 10 and 11 says this. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I go and sin no more. See, here's the thing. You might condemn yourself, but Jesus doesn't condemn you. Jesus is cheering for you. Are you and I going to mess up? Yes. 
today again. There's going to be this cycle, but that doesn't mean that I just default to the cycle. I'm stepping for something more. I'm stepping for something greater. I'm stepping for a higher way of living and thinking and acting than what I can do on my own. And Jesus says, hey, listen, I'm not going to condemn you, but I need you to go. Don't stay in your pity party of woe is me. You don't know what I did the other night. You don't, know, you don't know what God did, what Jesus did in order to die on the cross so that you could walk in grace. So we might have this idea of what we've done, but Jesus said, let me remind you of what I did for you. I canceled your party of pity so I, I could give you a party of grace. I just need you to take a step into it. See, when you step, you are stepping into grace. We all need this grace in our life. We all need it. Everybody say, I need it. We all need it because we're either going to move, we're either going to go like what Jesus said, or we're going to stay living in our own form of condemnation. But the Bible says in Proverbs, although a good man falls seven times, he gets back up. One of my favorite old school songs, we fall down, but we get up. It takes some action. It does not minimize the fall. It does not minimize the feelings that we're feeling. But what it does say is there's something that can come and rip out the part that is making me feel empty and input something that is making me feel strong. You and I are stronger versions of ourselves when we step into the grace that Jesus died to give us. So number one, we need to step into grace. Number two, we need to step into faith. Take a step of faith. Have you ever done something that literally scared you? And you had no reason why you were doing this, but like you felt comfortable doing it, but you were not comfortable doing it? It's like the weirdest battle in your mind. Like I, I, I feel good about asking this girl to marry me because we've been dating for this long. However, she's also seen my crazy. So I don't really know how, how, this, is, how this is gonna go down. We gotta, we, we gotta step into our faith. There's this cat in the Bible, his name's Elisha. All right, Elisha. Elisha in 2 Kings chapter two. And, and Elisha, he, he had a mentor, uh, somebody who was helping to train him named Elijah. If you ever wanna know which one came first, Elijah or Elisha, the J comes before the S. I learned that last week. <laughs> So, Elisha, Elisha, he, he, he's been learning from this cat named Elijah, and they've been doing life together, and man, he, he's seen what does it mean to have a true relationship with God, and, and how do I live my life to serve him under any means necessary, walking and traveling and speaking to people and truly being anointed to do this, and so... There's this, there's this point in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 8, where the Bible says that Elijah struck the water. They, they were walking up to the Jordan. Elijah told Elisha, God is calling me to Jordan. Why don't you stay here? And Elisha says, no, nah, wherever you go, I'm going to go. So he said, all right, well, here we go. We're going to Jordan. They get to the river, the river Jordan. The Bible says that Elijah took off his cloak and he struck the water with his jacket. And the river divided and they walked across on dry ground. That's pretty crazy. I ain't done that in Lake Hollisworth. What would y'all do? Y'all see me later on today and I got a jacket on and I'm just sitting there. All right, come on, God. 
right at Lake Hollisworth, right on the dock. Y'all would think I'm crazy. I am. But like, it would be like an evident that, that that was crazy. So a couple, couple verses go on. Elijah goes up to be with God in the heavens. And Elisha now has this full entourage of people that are walking with him. And they're, they're, they're walking back and they get right back to that Jordan River. Uh-oh. Bible says this, 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. Then he, talking about Elisha, picked up Elijah's cloak and returned to the bank of the Jordan River and struck the water with it. Where is the Lord God of Elijah? He cried out. And the water parted and Elisha went across. Elisha put God on a fact check. Elisha said, I'm going to, I know what I have seen work. Now I'm going to do it for myself and see if God, you are actually that good. I know my heart is pure. I'm not doing it for an antic of public show. I already have my personal relationship with you. I already trust you. I've seen you do some things. So he did, Elisha did exactly what he had seen done, but he referenced where he had seen it. God, boom, where are you? Saying God who did this for Elijah. Boom, when he did it, water split. That's why it is so important for you and I to have some right voices in our life to help us make the right choices in life. See, there are some people that I'm blessed to have in this church that they're going through some things and I'm not grateful for that. But what I am grateful for is the wisdom that they are imparting on me as they're in these situations of Caleb. If you if you listen to me, I could tell you a little bit about parenting. You're six months into it. I got five kids. They all grown and they got kids like let let, let me talk to you. I'm so grateful that there's some people that I have Pastor Scott, Pastor Cindy, the other pastors that are here on our staff that can come to me and say, Caleb, I know you've been pastoring for a little bit, but if you allow me to impart some wisdom that I've learned over the years, I can show you some things. We, Elisha recalled what he had already seen. Are you around people that you can do what they have done and know that it would work? Are you somebody that people can look to to say, how did insert your name handle this situation? Because that's how I want this situation to be handled for me. We need to walk in this faith because Elijah, he, he, was putting, he was putting God on this fact check, literally saying, I've seen you do it before, so can you do it again? What now? He had faith that God could do it, otherwise he wouldn't have smacked the ground. But there was an action that would come to it also. I have faith that God can heal, but can I start talking about my healing? I have faith that God can provide, but can I get out of the poverty mindset and believe that I have more than enough? That the, when the Bible says that God will give you so much that he will open up the window of the floodgates of heaven to pour out so much that you cannot contain. That's my kind of God. So what version of him am I believing in and how am I acting this out? You see, here's the reality. Our job, your job, my job, is to do things God's way. His job is to make a way. At no point in time could Elisha have parted that Jordan River on his own. At no point in time could you have overcome the things that you have in your life on your own. You would not have been able to. But man, when I do things God's way, again, that does not mean that I'm perfect. But what it does mean is that, God, I'm just taking a step towards you. 
And I'm just going to take another step towards you. And I don't get why, but I'm just going to take another step towards you. And when I do things God's way, I get God's results. My job is to do things his way. His job is to make a way. So the reality is this, hope sees, but faith steps. Hope sees. I have a hope for something more. But I have a faith, and my faith is what makes me take the step. I don't step out on hope. I step out on faith. So I need to transition this idea of a hope. I can have a hope in people, but a faith in Jesus. I can have a hope in my finances and faith in the one who provides anything and everything that I need. Where are we? Because, again, the Bible said faith without works is dead. You and I, we got to just do it. We got to just take this step of faith in our life. And the last one is this. Last one is this. You and I, we need to take a step of victory. You are more victorious than what you think. You have a better record than what you think. You do. The difference is, are you buying into the record? The only way that we get God's record on our life is whenever we step towards him. If I stay back, I'm saying, my record is good enough. I got this. I don't need it. If I take a step, if I walk towards him, just one step, one step, then I can see some things change. You talk about books on leadership and uh, seven habits of highly effective people. I'm winning a book right now called win the day and everything that they talk about. And and I'm learning now to apply this to my personal life is stop trying to do something in a week and just try to own your day. What can you do today? Tomorrow, the Bible says tomorrow will worry about themselves. But what can I do today? Today, can I take this step of victory so I can walk out in the life that Jesus died to give me? There's a story, 2 Kings 7, of these, uh, of these four lepers. All right, now, these, these guys, they were called lepers because they had a disease, uh, a leprosy, which was a skin disease. It literally made them an outcast. Nobody wanted to be touched. Nobody wanted to be around. They would get kicked out of their family's home, literally to the point where they are now outside of the city gates. They couldn't even live in the city. They were outcasts and not the rap group. They was outcasts. And while they're they're sitting here, one of the guys in his four, he said, man, why are we going to sit here till we die? Why why are we going to do that? Why are we just going to sit here till we die? The guy said, we could go inside the city gates and we would die in there because there was a famine over the land. And and, and this army had came. They were blocking off all the transportation of of food and all the imports. And so they were starving the city out. Uh, And so the guy guy said, man, why are we going to sit here and die? We could go inside. We're going to die. We could stay here. We're going to die. How about we just do something crazy? And how about we just go straight up to the camp of the Syrian army and we just say, if they let us live, bet we were supposed to live. And if they kill us, we was finna die anyway. There's some different kind of folk. Talk about some, you talk about some crazy things. Like I, like, I watch TV. You can live off of bugs for a little bit. Like, I feel like we in Polk County. Like, we do that, right? Like, I, 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 I could have done something. But, but these guys was crazy. They said, I know that I was made to live for more. 
And I'm not going to allow what circumstances are bogging me down to dictate where the outcome of my life is going to be. I know that I'm bigger than my circumstance. I'm bigger than my sickness. I'm bigger than what I've done. I'm bigger than what people have said about me. I have something more. Let me move out in that way. The Bible continues to go on and talking about as they moved. Everybody say, because they moved. Everybody say, because they moved. You're watching online, tap in, because they moved, as they got to the Syrian army camp, nobody was there. I guess they lived. Again, they said, if we show up and they kill us, it was our time to die. But if we show up and they let us live, it was meant for us to live. The Bible says this in 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 6, the Lord made the Syrians hear what sounded like the advance, the movement of a large army with horses and chariots. And the Syrians thought that the king of Israel had hired the Hittites and the Egyptian kings and their armies to attack them. God elevated and pronounced the steps of four leopard men, these four guys who dealt with the disease that made them an outcast, who chose to have faith and to take a step that life is bigger than what they had. Those four guys, their steps sounded like an army of not one but two different countries coming together, two different groups of people saying, making the, the Syrian army scared and running away. When you take a step in victory, the enemy has no choice but to run away because it, he doesn't know if it's you. He doesn't know if it's God. And the reality is we might be walking first, but God is standing behind us like this. Again, I'm short. So I know what it, it is to have a big friend behind you that's just going like this. You try my little bro, you're going to be trying me too. When we take this step in victory, just like what these guys did, God will elevate and God will pronounce what we are doing in the natural with his supernatural. They did things, four guys walking does not sound like an army with chariots and horses. At least not to me. And they still got this huge sounding thing that came from them that only came from God. But why was God able to do it? Because they moved. They stepped. They progressed. God wouldn't have done that had they stayed in that same situation. What for? We talk about how God is a God of stewardship, which means that God doesn't waste anything. Why would God waste something for someone who wouldn't move? That's a question I've honestly been telling myself a lot recently. Caleb, you're praying for this. You're asking God to do this. You're, you're wanting this. But are you even moving towards it? And if you're moving towards it, then what are you praying for? Do you actually believe that he could do the things that you're praying about? If you do believe it, then Caleb, I just need you to take a step. Because when you take a step, you're going to take a step into grace. You're going to take a step into faith. You're going to take a step into the victory that I died to give you. See, when you step, when I step, when these men step, God began fighting for them. When you step, God fights for you. See, the speed of our obedience determines the speed of our advance. When God says step, how quick am I stepping? When God says to move, how quick am I moving? When I get that impulse that comes from the inside, I would call it Holy Spirit. You might call it your gut feeling. I don't know. But when I get that thing of saying, text that person. Go back and apologize. 
Hey, reach out. Or that thing that's in your head, don't do it. Just keep moving. Just keep moving. That way that you want to respond, don't do it. Just keep moving. It's not the elimination of the thoughts. It's not the elimination of the craziness that I think in my life. But it is the dismissal of those ideas to say, I'm focused on God. Let me take a step in that direction. See, their miracle was on the other side of their step. Their lives were saved because of their movement. I would die in the city. I would die here. Let me move and see what happens. They lived. God performed a miracle because they moved. Let's take it to your house. Your miracle is on the next step of your movement. If he did it for them, why can't he do it for you? If we believe that the Bible actually says that my word remains the same yesterday, today, forever, that my word will never return void, that I am alpha and omega, which means I have the first say and the last say, why can't I believe that he would do it for me? Whose life will be saved because you decide to move? I think of these guys before, the Bible says that one stood up and said something. Who are you able to say something for that you're taking on this journey? That because of your step of faith, because of your step of victory, others, your family, your kids, your co-workers, they're able to experience this as well. And what's the next miracle that God wants to perform because you decided to move? Just do it. When I'm nervous... I just gotta do it. When I'm scared, I just gotta do it. When I don't know what the outcome's gonna be, I just gotta do it. When I don't understand it, I just gotta do it. I have to move, I just got to do it. Because God does not ask me to understand, he just asks me to listen. Will you obey me? If you'll listen to me, that means that you're obeying me and watch what happens. Everybody stand to your feet. Step of grace. We all need that. Embrace the grace. We all need it. We all need it. A step of faith. There's some things that we're going to reach for in life if we're dreaming and if we're living like Jesus died to allow us to live, then that means I'm going to do some things that are going to take some faith. I'm not going to be able to willpower it enough. So I'm going to step in grace. I'm going to step in faith. And then I'm going to step in victory, knowing that every single step I take towards Jesus, no matter if it's a giant step on Sundays or some days, God, this, whoo, that right there is what I can give you. That right there. As long as I'm moving, as long as I'm pursuing, as long as I'm giving him the benefit of, God, I choose you over staying right here, then watch what happens in your life. You can't remain the same whenever you move. You can't. You have to progress. What company uses the phrase, just do it? Checkmark. Nike means Victory. It's a Greek word that means victory. So when I just do it, it is tied to my victory. When you just move, you're, you, it is tied to your victory. It is a step. I don't know when the victory is going to come. I don't know if it's your next step or I don't know if it's further down the road. But that's why I know I can't stop stepping. Because I don't know how close it is. The Bible says that the secret things belong to the Lord. So I don't know when those floodgates are going to open. I don't know when that healing comes. I don't know when that peace comes. I don't know when that joy comes. But what I do know, as long as I'm stepping, it will come to pass. 
some of you might feel like you've been losing a lot physically, mentally, in my job, in my relationships, my relationships with my kids, whatever avenue it is. And I'm here to tell you that it's time to get your victory back. How? By not stopping. Just keep moving. Just do it. Just do it. Just move. Just lean into Jesus and watch what happens. Parents, just pray over your kids and watch their lives change. Husbands, just lead your home spiritually and watch the peace and the joy that can walk down your hallways. Just get into life groups so I I can have the right voices in my life to benefit me. Just start taking Activate. Why? Because it's from the church? No, because it's another step to me growing in my relationship and my understanding of who Jesus is. Just start serving. Why? Because the Bible says that the first shall be last, last shall be first. Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve. So I'm taking a step to acting like Jesus when I start serving. Just make that phone call. Just forgive. Whatever the step is, just do it. We're done with the excuses. I'm done uh, manipulating my way around it. I'm done. I just got to start doing it. When I take a step towards Jesus, I'm making him a priority. And when I make Jesus a priority, I can look back and watch how much of a priority I am to him. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. Thank you so much for calling us to live a better life than sometimes what we feel like we are worthy of living. I pray that you help all of us embrace the grace and take that step of grace, understanding that we cannot out your love or your grace, that you call us sons and daughters of the Most High King. And so, God, we walk in that. We Number one, we step in grace. Number two, we're stepping in faith, understanding that we can't do life on our own, that life is too big, and so I can't just hope my way through things. I have to have a faith. I have to have something that is founded on someone that I can actually build my life on. And Jesus, we just say that we have our faith built on you and then as we continue to step towards you help give us that victory in our life for in ways that we need it thank you God that you are not a one-size-fit-all kind of God but you are a custom fit you fit and mold us in the way that you see that we need help us to be strong and courageous to just do it and just apply your word to our life in Jesus name we pray amen 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 Everybody say, just do it. It's something for all of us. Shopping Christianity, just got saved, been doing this for a couple years, been doing this for decades. This applies to all of us. Take whatever step it is for you to get closer to Jesus. You may be seated. You may be seated.